You're listening to the David Bumble Networking Podcast. Very good day interviewing a lot of Cisco engineers. We discuss all things networking, CCNA, CCNP, CCIE, Python, automation, the books, the exams, the future, your career. Another long day at Cisco Live. We talk to the authors, the experts, the leaders, and people like you and me. David Bumble coming to you from Oxford in the United Kingdom. Now, here's your host, David Bumble. Hey everyone, it's David Bumble back with Neil Bridges. I've received a bunch of questions. I've been watching some of Neil's Twitch stream and he's been getting a lot of great questions on his Twitch stream. So I've taken some of those questions and we'll discuss some of those here and perhaps if the video gets too long in a separate video. But Neil, welcome. Thanks as always, David. I'm glad glad you decided to have me back again. (laughs) So... Neil, let's start with a question that a lot of people have asked. I, I get this all the time. Um, what books or are there any recommended books that you would have for getting started in cybersecurity? So let's start with that. Uh, do you have like a top three, top five books that you would recommend someone look at getting if they want to get started in in cybersecurity? Absolutely. And, and actually, I went to my bookshelf and, and actually pulled pulled some books together so I, so I could do like a little show and tell. The only book that I don't have here that you may have to include a, a link for um, is is a book called um, the the Pen Tester Blueprint, which is starting a career as an ethical hacker by Philip Wiley, and I'll I'll send you the link on that that you can get on Amazon. Um, I don't have a physical copy of that book. Um, that would be like book number one. So we had Philip uh, on our stream a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about that book and talking about his desire and his passion and some of the the mentorship things that he does. Um, to try to get people into a career in ethical hacking. Um, he does a project called Pwn School with the university in um, uh, in Texas, where he actually teaches ethical hacking to you know universities for, for, for free and brings that free ethical hacking training. So he took all of that knowledge on starting a career as an ethical hacking and, and brought it into a book called The Pentester Blueprint. So that's book number one. That I would 100% recommend, um, uh, you know, everybody get on board with as well. And and I did bring, I, I, it, you know, it's hard because I've got a, I've got a bookshelf full of books, and and you read a whole lot of them, and and there's a there's a lot of good knowledge that's out there. And so when I looked across, um, kind of my series of books, one of the first ones that that I would definitely recommend is this one right here, Social Engineering. By um, by Christopher Hadnagy, um, this guy is is a literal genius when it comes to social engineering, um, and 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 I think that this is this is an awesome book. When you look at um, just how prevalent social engineering is as an attack tactic, um, it is literally used in ninety percent of the attacks that are out there. When you talk about phishing, whether you're talking about vishing with a, a voice call, whether you're talking about um, you know, you know, you trying to trying to social engineer your way into a building when it comes to, to physical penetration testing. And so this book covers a lot of the, the psychological, mental and, you know, kind of the, the tactics that kind of come with doing social engineering. And so 10 of 10 would definitely recommend uh, the social engineering book by Chris Hadnagy. It's called The Art of Human Hacking. So, um, oh, Neil, we, we were discussing this offline. I mean, uh, sorry to interrupt again. Um, can you like give us like the 30 second, what is social engineering and give us some examples. We were talking previously about, you know, do you have any cool examples of something? <laughs> so let's like just bring that in right here. So this this book, give us an example if you if you can of where someone did something using social engineering 
to circumvent like really high security or something? Um, so, so I, you, you say, you say high security and, and, and it's, it's hard to define where that bar for high security <laughs> is in some of these pen test engagements. Exactly. Um, I, uh, um, I was pen testing a hospital here in the U S uh, a number of years ago and, um, hospitals are notoriously bad at security and, and there's, there's, there's no, there's no one reason why that's the case. It's just hospitals are open. There's not a lot of physical security, as you would imagine, because doctors have to move from floor to floor, from room to room. Nurses have to move pretty frequently. You've got families that are coming and going out of the floors. It's, just, it's hard to secure hospitals. Um, part of one of the pen tests that I did one time was, um, was social engineering and physical access to the, to the hospital. And um, I think one of the more glaring ones um, that I had done was I had taken, um, I'd put on a polo, a nice polo. Um, I was walking around the hospital with my backpack on um, and I had my, my MacBook in my hand. Um, now on my MacBook, I'm like any other pen tester, you know, I've got stickers everywhere all over my MacBook. So, I mean, it's pretty clear that it's not your standard IT guy, or maybe it is, I guess, it depends on what your perspective of IT is. And uh, I, I walked up to... Uh, this receptionist in this hospital and uh i said hey you know we've got some reports of some network issues that are coming from this side of the building do you care if i sit down right here at this desk right next to you and see if i can troubleshoot some of this networking stuff and she said yeah absolutely so i literally took my hacker laptop sat it down next to her opened it up and pulled up you know uh, metasploit and some terminals and things like this and just started to to hack literally right next to her and after about 10 or 15 minutes, um, you know, I started up, uh, um, I started up Kane and Abel and I was like intercepting traffic and, and whatnot on the, on the land port. I got to think to myself, I was like, well, I wonder if I can take this a, a little bit further. And so I, I turned to her and, and I said, I said, Hey, there appears to be some really weird activity going on with your account that I can see because I'm sitting right here, you know, next to you. I said, <laughs> can, can you give me your password so that I can check? and make sure that your account looks in order in the system. And she said, yeah, absolutely. So she took out a post-it note, wrote her username and password on a post-it note and handed it to me uh, right there on the spot sitting right next to her. I mean, but it, when you talk about like, that's why I laugh at the high security part because there's not really a high or a low security in some of these places um, you know, when it comes to, to doing things like social engineering and, and that's, that's not an edge case. That's not, you know, it's fun to laugh at, but that's a, I could tell you numerous places where I've tried that similar tactic and technique and it works. You know, you just, you seem like a smart guy. You seem like you're in it. You have all these really cool things that I have no idea what it is that you're doing. So obviously you look like you're in it and I couldn't ever imagine that a hacker would be sitting right next to me, my own place of business. So yeah, here's my password. Have at it. So, I mean, let, let me push you a bit now. Social yeah. <laughs> engineering versus technical skills. Yeah. Is there a whole domain where someone can become a specialist in social engineering? The reason I asked this is because I saw a video on YouTube where a lady is supposed to be a social engineering expert and she pretends she's got a crying baby and she's yes. making this phone call and she just like seems so polite and seems so trustworthy that she gets past all the gatekeepers. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, so. Short answer is yes, um, and and actually, it, social engineering is one of those areas where it's not for everybody. As a matter of fact, I've had um, I've had pen testers work for me. I had a brilliant pen tester work for me one year um, when I was working for a, a big four consulting company, um, and he could do wireless and 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 network based exploitation with the best of them. 
Um, but we tried to uh, we tried to uh, uh, get him to do a social engineering engagement, and he actually got physically anxious yeah. about the prospects of lying to another human being. And and I'll yeah. tell this I'll tell this story because I, this is also you talk about um, you know social engineering stories. This is a fun story stories to tell. Stories <laughs> always fun. So real I, you know real world stories always the best. So go for it. I, I got story I got stories for days. I got stories for days. So we were um, this particular engagement that we were doing was against a university um uh in in the northeast part of the united states of america and and this was before we were ever going on site this was we were doing most of this social engineering you know remotely and so we had scraped their website um and and had come to find universities again like hospitals are terribly bad at security on a whole lot of fronts and so um you know you know universities naturally just want to be open for all their students and all their faculty and things like that and so they had posted uh on an it page on the web um some some pub you know some noticeable downtime that they were going to be having because of some it work that they were going to be doing and so uh we stood up um uh you know there's a dot it domain it's supposed to be for italy but you can pay like 75 dollars for a domain and yeah. you can get a dot it domain and so we paid for this university's um, domain in <laughs> .it. And so it read like, and I can't say the university, but it read like that university .it. And so it looked like it was an IT domain. And we, we scraped the web page and we made it look just like the university. And we uh, took their online directory and we just started calling um, administrative assistants. We started calling executive assistants. We started calling, um, you know, people who would typically be at their desk and, and, you know, handling affairs for large divisions. And, and our script was very much like, Hey, you may have seen on the website that we've got this planned, um, uh, upgrade of this system. We need you to, while we're on the phone with you, go to this university domain .it. Let's download this update together and let's make sure that we get your PC updated. <laughs> um and and they did it and they did it on the phone with us and um we tried to get we it was we wanted this individual to have his chance to practice his social engineering skills and he got physically anxious and so kind of roundabout way to your original question was yeah i mean it takes a certain mentality um and this is going to sound terrible from like an eth ethos perspective but it takes a certain mentality to sit on the phone with somebody or to look them in the eye and knowingly lie to them and trick them into doing something that you know you know could be detrimental to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can understand that some people wouldn't want to do that. So yeah, <laughs> so the idea with social engineering is that you're, in, you're talking to humans, so rather than mm -hmm. machines, you're getting humans to do something that they shouldn't really do. Like Absolutely. You're, tr you're, you're tricking them basically to do something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 getting you're you're eliciting a human response in the digital world, whether that yeah. comes in the form of clicking on an email, giving up a user ID and a password, um, letting you into a building, right, letting you have access to a comm closet, you know, whatever the case is, it's it's eliciting that type of of digital response. So, what what do you like about that book? What does it teach you to do? Is it like these kind of you know how do you, how to interact with humans, how to read body language? What what does it kind of it's, kind of it's teach you? It's very much the psychology of it, right? It's it's how to make eye contact. It's how to um, uh, it, it's it's how to engage in that conversation. It's mirroring techniques. It's it's how to read humans um, in a way that allows you to determine, you know, do you still have control of the situation, or has doubt entered into their mind, and how do you control that doubt? Um, and and it's about carrying forth, like you mentioned, the um, 
the the lady that you watched who had the baby crying in the background it's understanding some of those social norms where um you know you know what is the impact of a baby screaming in the background have on a person's psyche when they on when they're on the other end of the phone with you What's the difference between, you know, um, well, fine, let me talk to your manager. Or even if you're conducting a penetration test, you're like, fine, I'll let you talk to my manager. And in this case, when we were doing the university, um, you know, we actually did have somebody who um, who wanted to talk to this person's manager. And they literally handed me the phone and I pretended to be the director of IT for this university. <laughs> and so it's 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 going through that prospect of understanding what are the human emotional reactions whenever they're challenged or asked for something. And then how do you counter those challenges? And it, it walks you through that path of basically defeating the human psyche when it comes to social engineering. Okay, so that's great. So Neil, <laughs> I should have asked you about your first book. So the, the first book is like more technical, isn't it? It is, it is, it's more technical. And this, and what's your third book? Um, so, so the third book that I have here, um, and, and, and since we, we talk a lot about OSCP and things like this, is this one right here, right? Basic Security Testing with Kali Linux, right? And so this is um, this one's done by Daniel Dettire, Um and this one really just kind of walks you through. Um, this is almost a, a primer for how to use Kali Linux for doing day-to-day -day penetration testing. So it walks through um, Metasploit, it walks through open source intelligence gathering, it's got Recon NG in here. And so this is almost like a, they took everything that was available inside of uh, inside of Kali Linux and they put it inside of a you know, here's how to pick up Kali Linux and basically start doing penetration testing. And so when we talk about like, you know, and, and you challenged me on this during the last video, which I very much appreciate, right? Which is, which is, you know, cert based, you know, you know, getting search for credentials and getting past the gatekeepers versus actually getting knowledge. And so I look at books like this. And the reason that I highly recommend books like this is because you can pick this book up and you can be like, I want to learn how to use Recon NG inside of Kali Linux. And you can go to the Recon NG section and you can figure out how to use Recon NG and you can start using Recon NG today. That's gaining knowledge in this space that's going to help you actually know the tools and be more useful for the tools, which is why I'm a huge fan of books like this. Yeah, so that I bet that's teaching you a whole bunch of tools in Kali, yeah? Yeah, that's, this one's really focused on, on the toolkit that you have available in Kali. And so when you think about... You know, when you're getting into this career space, you're familiar with Cali because of OSCP, because of just the place that Cali has, um, you know, with most people in their testing toolkit. And so you you have to have a manual just like you have for your car or just like you have for almost anything else that tells you all of the features and capabilities and tools that are, you know, inside of Cali. You know, obviously used with caution, as we've seen Cali change pretty extensively over the years. But some of the fundamental tools that are listed in here, like Recon NG and whatnot, and how to use them, are still very much relevant in this book. That's great. So, what's your fourth book? So, the the fourth book, along that exact same line, is one that kind of dives a little deeper and is the Metasploit Penetration Testing Cookbook, right? So, we've talked about Cali from a broad sense, um, but one of the biggest toolkits that you're going to use inside of Cali. Um, you know, especially if you if you look at like kind of your uh, your Swiss Army knife, if you will, of penetration testing tools inside of Cali is going to come to be Metasploit. And, and one of the things I like to talk about this is Metasploit is one of those tools that you don't have to run in Cali. You can fire up an Ubuntu VM. You can download Metasploit from their, their get rate repo and you can stand it up from scratch. And this type of book is still um, still very useful as well. And so it goes through the ins and outs of, of you know, how Metasploit is built as a framework, um, the different components, a part of it, the auxiliary modules, 
it talks about um how to set up how to set it up as a proxy how to set it up to do ssh tunneling all of the the scripts that you can do how to do payloads that um uh, avoid antivirus and and how to deal with things from a post exploitation perspective and so when we talk about um you know what happens when you get onto a box or where do you find these big huge you know repositories of exploits that you can use during a penetration test this is this is probably going to be your first stop inside of metasploit and so that's why i like this one is because you start broad with the cali book but then you can fine tooth your way down to something like this and focus in on metasploit and that right there between those two books you know you've probably covered 70 percent of the knowledge that you need in the penetration testing industry to get started. That's great. I mean, it's, you know, the, the problem with training courses sometimes is the cost. Um, we uh, we spoke previously about SANS and uh, mm -hmm. you used to train for SANS. I mean, it's really expensive, but for a yes. lot of people, you know, they can get a book. Um, I really like O'Reilly because O'Reilly has the subscription pack do the same, have the subscription service where you can get access to a whole bunch of books. So, you know, just knowledge is, is much more freely available today than it used to be. But before I go off on a high horse again, because you, <laughs> you and I are very good at that, what's your last book? So the last book that I have um, is actually called uh, The Hacker Playbook. Um, it's it's a practical guide to penetration testing. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm a huge fan of having, you know, tools in a toolbox and for you to understand the tools that you have available to you. But I like also teaching mentalities and teaching concepts and teaching, you know, how should you think as an ethical hacker. And so this book right here walks you through how to think about chaining exploits together, how to think about chaining attacks. When we talk about chaining exploits or chaining attacks, you know, you, you asked me about social engineering. Um, that's all well and good, but what do I do once I've social engineered my way into that building? Or what do I do with that username and password? Um, and, and that maybe seem like a, a simple example, but that type of like, okay, I have a step one that I have to do, now I have step two, now I have step three, now I have step four, now I have step five. Um, where you combine social engineering with maybe, um, you know, you've packaged up some piece of malware that gets you in an initial foothold, and then you may have to do some post-exploitation activity, you know, on that and some lateral movement. That all represents a chain, you know, we've oftentimes referred to it as the kill chain, right, or a chain of attacks. And so this book very much helps you get into that hacker mindset that says, how do you take, you know, a, a, an initial access foothold and perpetuate your access across the entire environment? and gets you into thinking about that like an attacker perspective. So um, when you look at all five of these books, it encompasses, you know, you know, Philip Wiley's getting in, you know, here's what you need to get your foothold in the door as a career as ethical hacking. Now let's talk about the tools inside of Kali Linux, social engineering, Metasploit. And now let's talk about training your mentality about thinking like a hacker. And so that gives you, in my opinion, a very solid foundation into where your head should really be at coming into this space. I mean, that's great. And then, you, we've mentioned this multiple times. How do we practice? Uh, so, like, let's say I read those books, but yeah. you know, reading about whatever tool is kind of pointless. How do I practice? And this is where I go back to, to some of the, the the things that we talked about during you know one of our first interactions together, right? You know, the, yeah. these hands-on ranges like try hack me, hack the box, um, range forces is something we've stumbled upon recently on on our channel. Um, I did a walkthrough of the range force demos um, or the range force uh, uh, exercise range, uh, you know, a couple of days ago on my stream. And, yeah, and, and yeah, we're seeing a lot of these new we're seeing a lot of players come into this. Hey, let's uh, let's put our hands on the keyboard. And let's teach you how to be more tactical. 
um, because I, I think HR is is really you know coming into to realizing that certs are certs. We want people who have hands-on experience. We want people who can you know you know you know show that they are they're experienced in this realm. And that's why I push people into these lab environments, these online lab environments, because this is something. And 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 I I don't know if we said this on your show before or we've said it on mine. This is something unprecedented. Like when I was coming up in this space, like I had to do my own servers, I had to have my own Cisco switches, I had to have my own virtual machines to practice all this stuff myself, which you can still do. I'm not saying don't do that. But now it's incredibly easy where you don't have to do that. If you have a laptop that you could put Kali on, you can go do try hack me. I don't even think you need Kali for for some of these labs and try hack me and hack the box and th things like that. You can just kind of go and start working on them. And that's completely unprecedented to, to when I was learning how to do hands on in this space. It's always been a problem. I mean, in networking, we had the same problem in the past where you had to buy, I mean, <laughs> we're, showing our, we're showing our age again. You had to buy all the physical equipment it cost like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars i can remember that i can remember the ebay stuff like you go oh, yeah. to ebay and look for racks of stuff like ccna one right here <laughs> yeah i mean it's it was mad and then everything got virtualized and now yeah. we have more and more of these online labs that people can complete or you know you can build these virtual labs using packet tracer or whatever so i mean it's it's really nice to see how the world has changed and I mean, I'm a firm believer in, you know, the more people that we can educate and the more people that we can help, the better the world's going to be. So the, the the chances for people all over the world being able to empower themselves through these platforms is fantastic. And, and this is why this is why, again, when we talk about, you know, cert knowledge versus, you know, yeah. real knowledge. Right. Yeah. You know, go get a book, go get go get one of these five books, go get all five of these books, go do try hackman, go do hack the box, because you're going to get more. And you're going to be you're actually going to be a better pen tester following this path than following the path of like, well, should I go get CEH? Right. Because you're not going to be taught how to think about your attacks in a kill chain. You're not going to get a deep dive on Metasploit and how to do antivirus invasion evasion. You're not going to understand literally almost every tool that's listed inside of Kali Linux. You're not going to understand how to do social engineering attacks from CEH. Right, that's not something you're. I, gonna I know get you. I know you love CH. Really. <laughs> We've got a whole dedicated video on that, which I'll link here. But it's. <laughs> I, put, I put Neil in the hot seat about CH. <laughs> Neil's, no, I mean, Neil's, Neil's very passionate about CEH. <laughs> <laughs> I got to wind you up. So, Neil, I mean, let's talk practical now. Okay, yeah. so those books are a great way to get started, but. Surprise is we've actually got some additional books that you put together for, you know, practical stuff. So what are your top five practical ethical hacking books? No, that's fantastic. And and, and I, I'm glad you asked me to, for both, right? Because, you know, you're obviously getting started. But but some things that I think, you know, every pen tester should have on their shelf or every pen tester should read it at some point in time in their life. And this, this book, when it has come out, has probably been the single biggest uh, I'm so glad to have this in my toolkit book that I've ever had. It's RTFM. It's Red Team Field Manual, um, and it's it's very thin. You can kind of see it's a, it's a very tiny book. It's I think it's only like it's only like four or five dollars on Amazon. I can't remember. I'm sure you'll find it when you post the video. But when you when you look at this book, um, this book I don't know. If, I don't think this will show up well on camera. But I'll, it's, it's I'll, I'll I'll take a screenshot. So yeah, yeah. It's it's got um, you know PS Exec, and here are the top three commands that you're going to use for PS Exec. You can skip forward a little bit and you can find Windows registry. Here are the top Windows registry uh, keys that you need to be you know, interested in, you know, in terms of where to put your malware, how to use your malware, right? 
um, IPv4, IPv6, right? Nmap, you know, it's, it's tool syntax for Nmap and it breaks down all the commands and everything that you can use for, for Nmap. And so I, even to this day, you know, if I were to go on an engagement, this book is in my is in my toolkit, just like my Hack Five toolkit, just like all the hardware stuff. It's it's right next to my laptop. And yes, if I forget a command, I'll check here first before I go to Google and and, and figure out how to work it because they've done just such a great great job of putting stuff into this book. And so number one is RTFM. Like this is this is a huge book. Like this should be you should have this in your arsenal. Um. <clears throat> because I'm also a, you know, not necessarily related to practic practical eth ethical hacking, but also along that same lines, just because I like to give a plug for my blue team folks, there is a blue team, you know, a handbook that is also yep. very similar to RTFM for incident response edition, which also walks you through very similar type stuff on the incident response side. So, you know me, I'm always trying to plug the blue team at the same time that I'm doing the red team stuff. So that's why no, but I, I think I it's, uh, Neil, what I really appreciate about you since I've met you is the reason why I think it's good that you mention this stuff is just because there's so many more jobs for blue team. So yeah, feel free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it is, we've talked about that before. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So, so blue team equivalent, it's called the blue team handbook, the instant response edition. Um, still lots of good stuff in there. Again, it may be blue team, but again, I, I tell my red teamers this all the time, right? Which is understand how an incident responder thinks that way, you know how to evade them when you're doing a penetration test. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I get asked a ton, and, and I'm sure you do too, when it comes to like which language you should learn. And I know yeah, I think we've answered that question yeah, all the have, time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so I think I've mentioned Python, and so this is one of my favorite books right here, Gray Hat Python, and and this walks through not necessarily it assumes a very baseline knowledge that you have Python in there. So again, getting back to the fact that this is a practical uh, set of books, you're, you're, you're kind of maybe a little bit more established, but this walks through kind of how do you use Python, excuse me, for certain APIs to do certain types of web scraping, to interact with certain tools and, and, and technologies that are out there. How do you basically use Python to help make you a better penetration tester? Um, and so that's very much why I like, I like the gray hat Python book very much because it, it walks through just a lot of different use cases that you can use in terms of, of how to use Python, where you can make it better. Um, it does everything from um, helping you, you know, write malware, um, you know, find find memory corruption uh, vulnerabilities, um, figure out how to interact with assembly language, all the way to programming um, DLL injection, you know, type of malware and remote thread, you know, uh, uh, creation. So very good book that covers a wide range of, of topics when it comes to using Python in the penetration testing space. Yeah, and I mean, just to summarize, we, we've we discussed this multiple times. Python would be your first or preferred first language to learn, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I've narrowed it. You know, my top three is Bash, um, Bash PowerShell, and Python. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I feel like you, you learn Bash and PowerShell as you come up in this space, you know, naturally. And so as you learn Python, a book like this helps you kind of take your Python really, in my opinion, to the next level. Is that all the books? No, no, I've got two more. I got two say, more I here. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the next book. <laughs> oh my god, I got you! I got you on the edge of your seat, waiting for books. Let's go. Uh, so, so this one, uh, you can see, this one has gotten quite a lot of use in my library here. This is the uh, the the Malware Analyst Cookbook and DVD. Um, you know, one of the things that that I think is important, and and you'll hear me harp on this all the time when we when I talk about penetration testers, ethical hackers, red teamers is is the hacker mindset 
Yeah. But yeah. but one of the things that I think people lose sight of when they think about hacker mindset is how does malware work? Right? What is the thought process behind some of these criminal organizations when they go to develop malware? And so I think I think a well-rounded penetration tester has some malware analysis, you know, you know, expertise in them because they that shows that they do understand, you know, either A how malware works or B at least the ability to notionally pick apart some malware to understand how it works. Because again, let's go back to the root of penetration testing. The root of penetration testing is to simulate an adversary, simulate a hacker attacking an organization, right? In an ethical fashion. How can you do that if you don't understand how malware works, if you don't understand yeah. the ins and outs of it? And so I'm a huge fan of, of again, well-rounding yourself out by throwing a little bit of malware analysis in here. So I think this is a fantastic book to to kind of help you in that that regard. So Neil, just uh, have to ask the question, are these books current to today or is it quite old? Um, so so that's a, that's a great question. Um, this book has been on my shelf for a while. This is a Wiley book. I don't even know what the copyright on this book is. Um, but it's still relevant, yeah? Yeah, it's absolutely, and, and that's kind of the key, right, is is you know if you're if you're looking for something on zero login obviously that's not going to be here right but these books aren't here to teach you about like zero login or even about like you know start you know sunburst or supernova or any of the stuff that's gone on with solar winds these books help you uh, you know build muscles build core muscles um that help you stand up regardless yeah. of the new tactics or techniques regardless of new tools that come out you know regardless of any of this stuff this stuff's not here to teach you you know, how are you going to do, you know, the latest AMSI bypass or, you know, you know, ASLR, you know, defeat mechanisms or things like this. This is here to teach you, here's how you use Python to make yourself a better penetration tester. And there's stuff that you can use in there. Now, the flip side of that, right, is that we still see a lot of networks on the ethical hacking side that use things like Windows NT, Windows 95, Windows XP. Um, we still see a lot of systems that don't have antivirus on them at all, don't have ASLR enabled. Um, you know, you know, we had this conversation, you know, as well about, you know, the, the efficacy of using PowerShell in, F in, in penetration tests. Yeah. And, and, you know, even PowerShell V3, you know, not everybody has PowerShell logging turned on. Not everybody has got execution mode disabled on, on workstations inside of a corporate environment. And so you, you have to be careful when we talk about this concept of currency. Um, what are you hoping to achieve with currency? Do you want to know the, the iOS update that just got dropped today that I'm going to talk about on my stream tonight um, is because of three zero days. Do you want to know the ins and outs of those three zero days? No, you're not going to read a book, right? But do you want to understand how people find iOS zero days or how to do bug bounties inside of iOS and things like this? That's where you're going to pick up a book and read it, read how to do that type of work. And so I'm, I'm always cautious when people say, well, how current are these books? What are you trying to achieve with currency? Are you trying to build core muscles and core foundation? Or are you trying to exploit the latest and greatest thing that came out today? That's a very valid point. I mean, you get it in, in all spheres. It's you need to you need to be able to crawl and walk before you run. So learn the basics. Yeah. Yeah. Basics are something that is very commonly overlooked in our industry yeah. um, that, that I, I will always harp on. I'm that gym instructor who's like, did you do your pushups and sit-ups today? <laughs> like, like, that's it. I mean, you don't need to you don't need to worry about bench pressing 300 pounds if you didn't do your pushups and sit-ups today. Like, that's just not a case. <laughs> So I mean, I, I will. I don't want to like deviate now because by the time this video is published, you'll be you'll your your stream would have gone. But you're talking, you you interviewing someone where you're going to talk about these zero days, is that right? In in Apple iOS. 
Yeah, so um, so tonight um, we are interviewing the former CISO of Splunk. He's also the former deputy CISO of Symantec, um, uh, Joel Fulton. He's uh, he's got a fantastic story. Um, if you know you get an opportunity to check out the stream, that that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'll put um, a link below. Yeah, he's got a he's got an amazing story about how he got into security and some of the things he does. It's true. It's it's truly one of the the awesome rags to riches um, uh, stories that we have in our industry. Um, we're going to be talking about the literally the the iOS vulner, uh, zero days that just got dropped today. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of the other stuff that's happened from a, from a cybersecurity news relevancy perspective and kind of get his take on it, his big picture um, you know take from a cybersecurity perspective. And then of course we're going to we're going to we're going to push him hard on his career advice. Having been a CISO, I, I very much take these opportunities with folks like him um, to give his CISO perspective on what he looks for when he hires cybersecurity people. Because again, we've talked about this on stream, right? You've got HR gatekeepers who are looking for CEH and SEC plus and things like yeah. this. But I think that the what some people who come into this career field don't have is the CISO sits at the very top. And the CISO is the guy who's like, I don't care about that stuff. Um, HR, stop putting these stupid, ridiculous gatekeeping stuff on, on getting people into cybersecurity. And I think it's important for audiences to hear you know, this is truly gatekeeping. Let's talk about what the real need of the real industry is. And that's the message that that I think people need to hear about how it is to get into this career field, not just what they focus in on the on the HR gatekeeping and the, the job recs. So do you see the, 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 how do you say, the winds of change where companies are realizing the certs are not as relevant and perhaps um, are now asking for other things? Or is this something that you're hoping to see happens? Um, I, I think the industry is still notionally split down the middle on it. Um, I think, uh, um, and, and if you look at the big fours, so, uh, you know, we talk about the big four accounting firms being like EY, Ernest & Young, PwC, Deloitte, and KPMG. Um, you know, you know, a number of years ago, I think it was probably like four, four or so years ago, these are huge accounting firms. They're, they're $50 billion organizations globally. They dropped, for the most part, all of them. I think um, I think KPMG may be the last one to, to to drop it, but I know EY, PwC, and Deloitte have dropped their requirement for a four year degree to bring people into you know their organization. And I think that that's a that right there is a fundamental shift in a lot of companies to say, well, you you don't need to have a four year degree to come work for us anymore. Um, and I think that HR teams, and it's it's been proven, and we've had two recruiters who have come on stream and talked about this as well. Um, some of these very, very attuned corporate recruiters and even some of the recruiters who are, who are specific to the cybersecurity industry um, are, do understand the value of hands-on practical experience more so than the paper chase that comes with the certs. And so my, my advice to people is don't let one recruiter tell you that you have to have 15 certs. Don't let one recruiter tell you that because you don't have OSCP, you can't apply for this job. You know, chances are that recruiter isn't the only one that's recruiting for that pen testing job. Um, one piece of advice that I did give on stream that I'll share with you and, and your audience on, on your channel too is, um, you know, you want to be a hacker. You want to be an ethical hacker. Um, don't, you know, part of being an ethical hacker is thinking outside the box, right? How do you take a system and how do you make a system do what it is that you want it to do? Um, you know, through means other than what it was intended to do, right? Um, you should be thinking about your career the same way. 
right? And so I I talk I I said this recently. I think I, I had I kind of got onto a small little Neil soapbox on my stream here recently, where I talked about hacking LinkedIn, and I think you and I are going to do a segment, you know, on yeah, that. Let's, Maybe let's not get into that because I want to put yeah. that in a separate video. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, but I'm going to we'll tease I'm gonna, that one. We'll, We'll tease that one up. Yeah, that's going to come in, a, in another video because I think this one's already too long. So, <laughs> Neil, you better give me the last book the, and the then I'm going to put you, put you on your soapbox <laughs> so we can put that in the next video. The, the last box, or the last book, right? And again, I go back to, to teaching concepts and teaching mentality, right, is cyber warfare, right? Um, and and this, is, this is probably, this is actually one of the, the first books that I got um, about the subject when it first came out, um, you know, back in the day. You mentioned, you mentioned O'Reilly. And uh, you know that's an O'Reilly book down there, the Cyber Warfare book. And I just, I just, <laughs> I just looked at this. Yeah, look, it's got a, it's got a daily progress report from from my days in the military. Like I didn't even realize that. Look, look at this. I've got, I've got stuff from the military still, still embedded into this book. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> anyway, um, so this is a fantastic book by O'Reilly. And and again, you know, we talk about, um, you know, and I'm okay being being the old guy in the room and being like, this is a history book. Right. This is this is the first book that was really, really written to talk about some of the cyber conflicts that were happening across the world. And I mentioned this frequently. My time at the government, um, you know, I learned more about geopolitics, um, you know, you know, dealing with, you know, can you hack this nation from this nation? You know, if you're going to attack Syria, you can't do it from any of these other Middle Eastern countries because of all these interweaved geopolitical, you know, you know, you know constructs. Um, this book really dives deep into helping you understand why a hack on Estonia isn't just about, ooh, hey, look, they defaced a couple websites or they brought down the internet of Estonia. It's about a larger geopolitical conversation. Um, and, and so when we talk about understanding the mindset of a hacker, right, I think it's easy to understand the mindset of a, of a ransomware hacker. Their mindset is go make money. But it's not easy to understand what the broader you know, picture of cyber warfare looks like across the entire world. And so that's why I recommend this book, you know, immensely. Okay. Now I like to put you on the spot. <laughs> so you didn't know, you didn't know this was coming because uh -oh. I just thought of it. Uh oh, Neil, I haven't got a lot of money. Give me the top three books if I want to get in. Like uh, if I, out of all those, you've shown me 10 books, now, man, or shown us 10 books, put you on the spot. Could you like recommend three books maybe just to get started? Because I can only Absolutely. afford three books. If you can only afford three books, um, Pen Tester Blueprint by Philip. So that's that's book number one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go social engineering with Chris yep. Hadnagy, number two. Um, and then and then okay and then I'll do this. I, you know, here's here's and and again this is thinking outside the box, right? If you don't have a lot of money and you want to be an ethical hacker. Right, and you want to get a job in ethical hacking, you're probably looking at OSCP as a far out thing. But right now, you need to solve problems of, of filling knowledge gaps. So, Pentester Blueprint by Philip, um, Social Engineering, The Art of Human Hack Hacking by Chris Adnagy, and then understand Kali Linux. Because eventually, eventually, when you take your OSCP, all of this will be relevant. But at least now, you can start to use the number one pen testing toolkit that's out there on the market today. And you can start doing things like try hack me, hack the box and everything else. And at least you can familiarize yourself with the tools that you have at your disposal and start to get your hands dirty with those tools. So there you go. There's three books that I'd, I'd put you, uh, I'd, I'd flip right back over to you and say, that's what you'd do. That's great. I mean, Neil, uh, the, the, this, this video has got really long, so I'm going to cut it here and then we'll <laughs> talk about LinkedIn, how to like hack your career using LinkedIn. And I want to ask you some other stuff in a separate video. Yeah. So thanks again for your time. Absolutely. Glad to be here. 
Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Be sure to visit David's YouTube channel at David Bumble, where you can subscribe and watch all of his videos. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Catch you next time on the David Bumble Networking Podcast. All the best. Take care.